What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers. We got episode 14 coming at you today. Is that what we're at? Yeah, 14. I was trying to figure out the other day what episode we were at. I could have just looked, but I didn't want to. Yeah, we're on 14, so. Well, well, happy to have you. Uh, road to 1K, dude. We're almost there. Yeah, we'll get there someday <laughs> in about 10 years, but. Hey, we just got to start pumping them out every day. Then it'll only be like three years. There we go. That's the plan. Got to be optimistic. I guess um, if it's ever a full-time anyway, job, that'd be elite. You that would be it. sweet. Yeah, I just literally actually do five times a week. Yeah, I just quit my day job and <laughs> fucking talk about fantasy football all the time. That'd be and, sick. And then buy Schwann's. Just buy the whole company. That'd be gnarly. What a I series of events. I just buy it from the family that's owned it for 60 <laughs> years. Change your last name to Schwann. <laughs> Marry into the family. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't go. work. You're already married. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how Heather would feel about that. Nah, probably not a fan. No, nah, I wouldn't. <laughs> you probably not. But, All right, so anyways. Anyway, yeah. I'm, rolling uh, into week eight. Yeah, we're going to get into our Shines, Pines, and Borderlines. Uh, but before that, how do you feel you did last week? Uh, not good. It was not good at all. I think out of the six games I played, I won two of them. So it was a bit of a down week, but I'm going to rebound this time. It was, like we said, it was a rough go for a lot of teams this week with or this past week with the bye and with a lot of injuries going on. Yeah. So I had some of those games I lost. It wasn't because I had a bad week necessarily, but the guy I was playing against just had a better week. Which in last week could have been literally only 110, 120 points. Yeah. I had a handful of games where I scored in that range. I just, I just lost. So it's so the way she goes sometimes. I'm keeping the faith. I'll come around. All I'm right. right in the bubble of the playoffs in most of my <laughs> leagues, so I'm, I'll get there. But you just have to keep it interesting so you stay invested for longer. It's not fun when you just go 7-0. Yeah, when you're fantasy experts like us and you just dominate your yeah. league, people just quit and they give up. Yeah. They just rage quit, you know. The key is we're focusing on longevity here. We're playing chess, not checkers. Correct. And with that being said, <laughs> and the toxicity out of the way to start out, we're good there. Real quick, uh, speaking of toxicity, did you see the Tyron Matthews shit? No. Oh, him and somebody else on the Chiefs defense were calling out the fan base, and Matthew said this is the most toxic fan base in, like, sports. Yikes, yeah, dude. So all is not well in Kansas City no, right No, stir the pile up <coughs> and just shut your mouth at that. When things are going – this is the first time they've gone bad in KC in, like, over two years. Yeah. And he hasn't been there before that, so what is he worried about? Yeah, so now shit's falling apart. <clears throat> that defense that was already bad is just going to get worse. Didn't he sign an extension? I think so, yeah. So I'm so, I'm home. confused. He just wants Mahomes, but anyway, um, just a little side note. But um, yeah, we can I think get into our shines pines borderlines segment. Yeah, and, start um, us off, brother. Yeah, we'll just hop right in the quarterbacks. My number one this week should come as no surprise to anybody. Oh God, because I've been just pumping this guy for the last handful of weeks. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you just took one of mine already. Did well, I? I? Sniped it? off early. Yeah. Sniped it. Well, they're playing Detroit. They are on the road, but they're playing Detroit, so there you go. Um, we all know that's a great matchup to target. Um, they're, honestly, they're not as not on bad as paper as you'd think. They're like lower middle of the road, but it's still a great matchup regardless yeah. just because they're not in many games. That's exactly. And for what hurts, we say this every time he comes out, for what he lacks as a passer, he makes up for with running. Um, and this could be a week where he actually has a decent game throwing the ball. So if he gives you that, you know, that rushing floor with some upside throwing the ball this week on a pretty good matchup, um, I'm all about Hurts this week. I'm, I'm actually, I would put him probably in my top 
three or four uh, quarterbacks this week. Yeah, Detroit's giving up 120 on the ground too, and you can expect a lot of that. Especially with Miles Sanders out, like I don't have that much faith in Gainwell or Boston Scott running no. the ball. So Hertz Gainwell is a to... lot more so than Boston Scott. If oh, I'm starting sure. one of those guys, it's for sure Gainwell. Absolutely, but uh, Hertz, I think, with the absence of Sanders being there, they're going to have to, you know, rely on him more as a runner than they even have in the past. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm all all aboard the Hertz train. I have been for the last handful of weeks. So fire him up this week and expect uh, expect good results. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's the reason he's on my shine list. Yes, sir. Uh, my first one is Joe Burrow. Really? Your boy Joe Burrow. Yeah. Why are you surprised by that? Um, I'll get into it in a little bit. Go for it. Elaborate. I actually have on my pines this week. Okay. Um, just because you lo- you respect the Jets' defense more than I do. Um, a little bit. They're actually not bad. Uh, kind of similar to Detroit where they're actually people think that they're just dog shit because of the Jets and the team as a whole sucks but mm-hmm. um, against quarterbacks they're only giving up 17 points a game which is one of the better teams in the league I think they're in the top probably seven or eight in the league is what it is um, and part of the reason I put them on my pine list is because I don't expect the Bengals to have to throw for 350 like they do in a lot of games um, I think it's going to be a mix in game because the Jets are really bad against the run is where they really lack um, in fact, they're the worst team against fantasy running backs this year by I over, didn't know that. over a point per game, almost a point and a half per game. But Mixon does have pass catching capability, which is kind of how I talked myself out of that. <coughs> but, uh, Excuse me. Um, but also the Jets, they still give up 275 yards through the air per week, which is why obviously in an air heavy offense like Cincy. Mm-hmm. We just overall good offense um, with the amount of weapons that they have. I don't for, just if they don't have to throw for three fifty, that's fine. But the Jets can hang in games. I learned that the hard way. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think that Burrow's been fantastic this year, especially as of late. And with Jamar yeah. Chase now having a shot to break Jefferson's rookie record, now he probably will. Yeah, we'll see uh, if it continues. But I really like the matchup this week, and I just don't see how if you have Joe Burrow, you don't want to start him. Yeah, I as we've talked about just talking about it the last minute here, I'm starting to wane on that a little bit. Maybe I should have put him on my borderline list this week, but I was kind of lacking on guys that I wanted to put on the pine list. So he was one of the names that was a candidate. So, well, to be fair, the Jets defense has been sneaky good in certain games. So yeah, I don't I don't hate Burrow this week, but I think if it was me, I feel like there's probably up options out there with a little more upside. Um, but I do think he's a safe start if he's somebody that you need to plug in because of a buy or injury. Um, I know I'm, I, I'm playing him this week in a league because I had, I've been streaming quarterbacks since Russell got hurt. Yeah. Um, I had Derek Carr last week and so he's on buy, so I didn't really have anyone else. Uh, so Burrow was the name I went with. I don't think he's going to be bad. I just don't think he's going to be great either. Um, so take it for what, for, uh, for what you will, but I, I could see him throwing for like, you know, 275 and maybe like two touchdowns, but I, I don't know if he'll need to is, is my concern. So I, just, I mean, fair enough that it, to be fair, it is the jets. That's the thing. You don't know what you're going to get with them either. Cause we've seen them play well against like the Titans, for example, but, and then there's games where they play, what do they get smoked? Yeah. They've like been smoked several times. They're not six. a good football team, but they, um, they can, they're professional athletes at the end of the day. They can hold with some teams. So, anyway, I'll move on to my next name. This one 
I actually, I don't like to throw Kirk out there very often as a name I like. I tend to not ever want to put Vikings on a list of players that I want to start just because it's the Vikings and they find ways to let people down consistently. <laughs> but Dallas' defense has proven that they can be beaten through the air. I know they got Trayvon Diggs, but he's also, I think PFF has him as one of the worst coverage corners in the league. He just happens to jump a lot of routes. Yeah. Um, he can be beaten. We saw it last week. He got cock smoked on that one where right after he had a pick, or was it a pick six or a pick? But it was a pick six. Very next play, gets burned deep touchdown. for like an eight. Yeah. <laughs> so he is beatable, even though he's leading the league in picks right now. Um, <clears throat> and beyond him, I don't know what else they have in the defensive backfield that I would be concerned about or afraid of if I was the Vikings trying to throw it. So I, I think Kirk's going to have a good game this week. And if Dak plays which is very much up in the air at this point. Um, if he plays, it, this has got shootout written all over it. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> Basically, yeah, I would, would, I would it, agree with that, that statement very much. That bodes well for Kirk. Uh, he's, and as much as I, I hate to admit this, he's actually played really well for fantasy purposes the last handful of years. He's been pretty steady. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't really throw a lot of picks. He also doesn't, he doesn't make a lot of dangerous throws, but he just, He's really good at finding the open guy. Uh, part of the problem is that he hasn't had a lot of time over the past couple of years. The offensive line has played better this year, though, and uh, I think you know I think it's a, a good game for him to be able you know to go out there and he's easily probably good for three hundred and a couple of touchdowns. I think that he's a name that I would I would be totally comfortable starting him over you know like a maybe not Brady and eh, maybe Brady because the Saints defense is actually decent but um I'm definitely starting Kirk over like Burrow maybe even Justin Herbert this week um I think he's got that kind of upside really yeah I mean the Herbert one I don't know if I agree with but that one is that's, more of a that, that's that's tough sell but who do you think benefits more this week between Jefferson and Thielen mm, um Probably, oh man, that's a tough one. I feel like they're both going to be even, uh, even though Jefferson's always going to be ranked considerably higher in rankings uh, mm-hmm. for most people. Thielen, I think, is, you know, if you're playing like half point or full point PPR, I could see him getting like 10, 15, 12, not 15, but 10, 12 targets. Jefferson's the deep threat, though, is where you're going to get, if you're going to get a big play, it's probably going to be Jefferson going for 60. You hope so. Um, yeah. if I, I had, love Jefferson. If I had to pick one at this point, I'd probably pick Jefferson. Okay. Um, Thielen's been a lot more touchdown dependent the last handful of weeks, so that's my big thing. Got if, he, it. if he hasn't gotten in the end zone, he hasn't had a monster game. So Jefferson, I think, gives you a better chance of, of having a blow-up game. And definitely a higher four. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other quarterback that I have on the love – and I love him the least of the three, but I still love him. Uh, is Teddy Bridgewater versus okay. Washington mm-hmm. this week? I'm starting him too this week. Uh, yeah, Denver is a grindy team for one. Two, uh, Washington's defense has been horrible. Terrible. To the worst. Way, I don't know what's going on. They were great last year, and they've just added more pieces, and it's, they didn't change anything. The secondary's bad. The front seven's good, it's but they're just, just not getting there. It's frustrating as all hell. And they're actually giving up the second most points out of any defense to wide receivers. So I could see them eating, and because of that, the quarterback's obviously going to benefit if the wide receivers are scoring. Oh, sure. And yeah. so 
I like Teddy B a lot this week. I think as a game manager, he's going to grind the clock out. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the touchdown upside's still there because they're giving up a lot of points. It's not just yeah. yards. They're not giving up a shit ton of yards. They're giving up points. And I really... Really, I could see like I could see the same kind of stat. Like I could see Teddy having like two thirty and three touchdowns. Yeah, like that's a very doable stat line for him, and that's a sweet fantasy start if you need an option this week. So yeah, that's for where we are with buys and injuries. That's a that's a really solid. If you need a stream option, that's I love me some Teddy B this week. Yep. I had him as a borderline. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, a borderline, that's... but leaning more towards a start. Well, that's fair. I mean, if you have one of the top guys like a Matthew Stafford or whatever, I wouldn't start Teddy B over him. But if you need a safe play because your quarterback either has a really iffy matchup or you're just hurting and or on by, like you have Lamar this week or something like that, I yeah. love Teddy B. Yep, I do too. Um, my only concern is that the Denver offense doesn't – they're not super high octane. And No, they're not. Tim doubt, Patrick, though. I'm doubting that Judy's <laughs> going to play this week. If When when Judy comes back, I, I think I actually Teddy think Judy's going to play this week. I'm going to Google that right now. Except for, I guess, the pra- non-practice Friday is stressing me out. Yeah, because he practiced all week before that, I think. And he, he was practicing last week, too. And then Friday didn't practice because of soreness. And they still haven't actually activated him off of IR yet. That's fair. Um, he's eligible, but they haven't done it. Do they have to <clears throat> activate him by a certain time for him to play Sunday? That I don't know. Um, I don't know what the deadline is for that. I know we I dealt with this last week with uh, Penny because I had him on IR in one of my team or one of my leagues, and I submitted my roster before he got activated, and then he got activated and played. <laughs> so I had him on IR even though he was still playing. Yeah. Um, because I wouldn't have been able to submit that if he had been activated beforehand. So. Oh. You know what I mean? Got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so if if he had been activated, I wouldn't have been able to submit my roster without. Mm-hmm. activating him myself and dropping someone else. But since I did it early, I was able to keep him. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know. I'm I'm concerned about Judy coming back this week. So if he, assuming he plays next week and not this weekend, um, I think their upside is way higher when he comes back. Oh, 100%. You know, I, I, I like that offense a lot better. I, would I consider, like Judy a lot too when he comes back. You know, I would consider Teddy as a almost a week-to-week starter at, if you really, really need him to be. Once Judy comes back, because I think the passing volume will go up. I think, and Judy's a great target for Teddy. He likes to hit guys underneath. He's not really a big time. Yeah, Judy's a hell of a real runner. Yep. So, but I do like Teddy. I agree with that. You got any other names you really like this week? I uh, know that's it for my shines for quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, my number one, uh, my big dislike this week. You're gonna love this one. Ryan Tannehill, again. He's made a, a, a few appearances on this list, I feel like, this year. Yeah, you always bring him up. Yeah, and it's, it's at this good. point, I'm not even doing it to troll. I'm just doing it because I actually feel this way. <laughs> yeah. Um, Please elaborate. Well, Indy's defenses, they're and they're okay. They're pretty good. They're not terrible. They're not great. Um, but I feel like this is this whole year has been really weird for Tannehill. He's not had any really good weeks, and... I just really think this is going to be the Derrick Henry show. Even if they, you know, even if they play really well and win the game handily, I still don't think Tannehill is going to have a huge game. Julio's still out. You know, AJ yeah, Brown's AJ Brown's back, and he's 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 questionable. Health, is he? Yeah, yeah, he, he'll questionable play, yesterday. Yeah, he always is questionable. Yeah, he'll he'll play, but just having only one receiver that's worthy of consideration as far as throwing him the ball. I mean, they don't have anybody else that's worth anything. So it's like mm, no. If you if you double up on AJ Brown, of course it's hard to do with Derrick Henry in the backfield. 
but if they if they focus on stopping Brown, there's really not much in the passing game for the Titans. So I'm I'm pretty down on Tannehill most weeks. Josh Reynolds, dude, is he back? Nah, he should be this week. Is and he? Marcus Johnson would be the only other guy that would be notable. I would say. Mostly because Cam Batson's obviously out for the rest of the year, and Nick Westbrook Aquina. See, I don't know any of these is, fucking guys. Yeah. You know, I, the only reason I know or recognize some of these names is because I've watched Titans games with you. Right. Um, but if you're not a like an actual Titans fan, if you're a casual, you know, fantasy player, and you're not going to know these names, and they're not worth knowing. Um, <laughs> so I not in fantasy at least that's for sure. Yeah. No, I'm I'm actually I'm out on Tannehill all year. I think I'm cutting bait with him if I have him, and I'm streaming. Because I think there's higher upside plays almost any week. So, well, that's wild. But <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from. He has not been good this year, which is frustrating as all hell from someone who has hyped him up and yeah. Tennessee up all year and quick, been excited to watch him play and then just to get him not how he has been the last couple of years. Quick question: Who's going to score more fantasy points this year, Tannehill <laughs> or uh, Patrick Mahomes? Tannehill. Did you make a bet about that? No, it was Josh Allen. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, even okay. worse. Are you going to win that bet? I would. I would. <laughs> Tannehill are you know right now. He only needs to throw for 50 touchdowns the it's rest of the year. not looking good. <laughs> Put it that way. Uh, anyway, who do you got? Fuck you, Link. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Trevor. Um, He's the one that you made the bet with. My first pine of the week is Jameis versus Tampa Bay. James Jameis. Yeah, I just don't love the matchup, especially it being a division game. Um, New Orleans' defense is good, so I do think this game will be closer than people think. But one, they know, they're know they going to know how to bait Jameis oh, yeah. into several turnovers. They know how he works over there in Tampa Bay, and I just don't see this revenge game going well. Tampa's no. defense is fantastic. As good as New Orleans' defense is, Tampa's is better. And having Jameis have this homecoming game, yeah, a lot of the time I argue that the homecoming game will help you. In this instance, I don't think it's going to help him at all, and I think it's going to be an ugly homecoming for him. I wholeheartedly believe that this is going to be the classic Buccaneers-Jameis game. Oh, God. Like four picks. Well, better way to go back, though. Yeah. Because it's in, I'm pretty sure it's in Tampa Bay. I don't know for sure. I can check. Nope. It's in New Orleans. It's in New Orleans. Yeah. But either way, first game against Tampa Bay since, right? He hasn't played Tampa I Bay. I don't think that they played yet this year. No, not this year, but did he didn't play last year against them, did they? Probably not, because they still had Breeze. Yeah, and well, I know that. I'm just saying, I don't know if he actually was ever in the game. But regardless, yeah, I so. anyways, I think just first full game as a starter with no stipulations of that, I don't think it's going to go well. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be eating that W this week. I think he's more like eating his L. <laughs> I think he's going to want to. Yeah. But. So, yeah, for that reason, he is my first pine. I'm staying away from Jameis this week. Right on. Well, my my only other name for a piner this week was Burrow, and I kind of talked about him already, so we can I can move on. If you got another name, we can move right into that one. Um, Yeah, we can roll into that, and that's Mac Jones versus the Chargers. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't hate that one either. Uh, yeah, so the Chargers are only giving up 201 passing yards per game, which is insane, first and foremost. Uh, they're, the Chargers' rush defense is horrible. Yeah, they're really bad. They're one of the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. And Bill Belichick is very much a game script guy. 
And for that reason, I think they're just going to run the hell out of the ball. I think you'll see a lot of screens like Bolden. Damian Harris is going to get a lot of work. I think that it's just going to be a very short passing game and or run heavy game for them. Yeah. And I don't see Mac Jones benefiting from that at all. I, I just the game script doesn't point towards him having a successful day. No, his his only chance at having a good fantasy day is if the Patriots are getting blown out early. Mm-hmm. They have to abandon the run, which could happen. Um, Very well, could it's a good team they're playing. Yeah, Chargers are really good, but they're also coming off a bye, so they've uh, had two weeks to prepare. Yeah, so, so I, there's I, also that. I I think. I, I do think that Mac Jones is going to have a very very average game, you know I don't think yeah it's, gonna be it's great not going to be something to um, be excited about. You know, even though the Chargers are not good against a pass, it's like, and that actually that that surprises me because for a team that's so good on offense, you'd think there's a lot of teams that need to throw to keep pace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if you're gashing them for like 160 on the ground every game, you probably don't need to throw as much either. <clears throat> yeah, so I just I. I have no confidence in Mac Jones this week. I just I don't think that's going to be a, a good game for no, them. I, I I agree with that. He's in they're going to try to keep it grindy, kill a bunch of clocks so they can't get blown out and score on their possessions, and yeah. just hope to bend, not break, and give up field goals instead of touchdowns. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I if I'm streaming this week, I'm not even considering Mac Jones. There are other names out there, Daniel Jones or Teddy <laughs> or the better Jones. Yeah. So I'm 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 on board with that one for sure. We also actually covered my uh, my borderline because I had Teddy on that list. So good lord. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm as far as QBs go, I'm completely covered. Do you have a borderline pick for uh, for quarterbacks? I do, and it's Carson Wentz against Tennessee. Ah, I like that. Yeah, I bet you do, Wink. Yeah, not so much. Not even like I like his matchup. I just I like that he's on this list. Uh, with talking about how bad. Defensive ha- defenses have been against wide receivers. Um, the only other team that's given up more points in fantasy than Washington, who we already talked about, is Tennessee. And regardless of who your wide receiver is, they typically get open. There's only been one good, like one bright spot in the secondary other than Kevin Byard, who's typically pretty good, and that's been Christian Fulton. He's been able to lock down whatever wide receiver he is on typically. But everybody else just gets torched. And because of that, you see these wide receiver two, wide receiver threes just eating against Tennessee. And I know that Jonathan Taylor has been a lot more of a a function in the offense lately. He's been a lot more effective Mm -hmm. as well, which has been nice for fantasy owners who held out on that. And I do think that they're going to use him a good amount, but Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to have to throw if they're going to want a chance to beat Tennessee because that's where they're most vulnerable. And I think I think Taylor coming on the way he has the last handful of weeks is actually a good thing for Wentz. Yeah. Um, and I looking at his numbers here, I'm actually surprised he's had a he's been very stable this year. Wentz has. Yeah. He's had one game where he scored less than 17 points. He's got like 11 touchdowns and one pick. Something like yeah. He, um, and he's only had two games where he threw less than two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so I, he's he's very much a guy who's he's not. He's just not exciting. No, he's not at all. He's not going to be a name where you feel great about playing him, but he's also probably not going to be a guy that is going to kill your team if you start him. No, there's worse. There's for sure worse options to start, or at least much riskier. And you look at the last three weeks, which are, you know, the bulk of which have been the Jonathan Taylor, you know, handed off to him and let him do his thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I have been, except for the week against Houston, because they blew him out. They didn't really need to throw much. But two of these three weeks, he's had his two best games of the year, um, even though Taylor has been getting the bulk of the touches. Uh, that Forcing defenses to have to focus on stopping Taylor has been really a good thing for him, or for Wentz. So it does hurt that Hilton's still banged up. You know, Just off- making them even respect the run enough to not. They have to, yeah. And then load the secondary and screw him that's huge that line is good too so it's like they should they they're protecting him and they're opening up holes for taylor which you know it just forces teams to they, they have to respect the run and even though they don't have a ton of great wide receivers you know receiving options mm-hmm. um he's still not making bad plays he's no. doing he's doing he's get, taking what the defenses are giving him and he's he's succeeding so and the last time he really had a bad game was the game against Tennessee. Yeah, it was. But he was also battling two ankle sprains and another injury, so you can't really yeah. fault him for and that one. As far as I've heard, I don't think he's been had an injury designation the last couple of weeks. He seems to be back to close to 100% at this point, um, as healthy as he's probably been all year. So I actually I, I do like Wentz. I, I think that, you know, like me, I had Russell Wilson go down in a league or two. Once is a name that I would I, – I actually, I wish I would have picked him up and played him the last couple. But Yeah, not making mistakes is huge too. The non-interceptions is the big part. He's not penalizing your team if you're starting him. Yeah, guys, guys like Wentz or Teddy or Kirk who aren't going to put up massive, massive games, the ways they kill you is if they throw a pick or two. Right. That, you know, if – if they're pretty safe to get you 17 points, say for example, but then he's throw me throw an interception or two, or two all of a sudden yeah, right, down to 13. Yeah, all of a sudden great. now now you're getting dicey. It's like so if if you're going to be picking a guy that's got a that's you know like this where he's safe but not spectacular, um, <coughs> interceptions are the big game changer, and he has not been throwing a lot of them. So as long as he continues to play smart, I think he's a good play. Yeah, hats off to Frank Reich. I do think it's a good matchup, him and him and Frank Reich together. Cause Reich yeah, they need to stay and, together. Yeah, they do. I think it's best for both of them, to be honest. Yeah, he loves Carson Wentz, you can tell. All right, you got any other names you want to mention for QBs? That's it, man. No? All right. Um, I think we can move on to running backs. I'm on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Um, actually, speaking of Cincinnati, my one of my top, like one of my favorite plays of the week is mixing against the Jets. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, if you have him, you're starting him. That's no surprise. I'm not saying, like, oh, you need to start him. No, you are starting him. It's, there's no question. <laughs> but I think he's going to feast this week. I talked about it earlier. The Jets' run defense is not very good. They're allowing something like 20, 28 points per game to running backs, and he is the running back in that group. Um, Joe Mixon is going to destroy the Jets' defense this week. I think he's going to go for – 150 all-purpose yards. Am I smelling a lock over there? Uh, no, I actually have one in a different one, but um, he was close. I considered it. I've been pretty running back heavy on my locks, though, so I'm trying to steer away from that. No, that's fair. So it's a wide out. Uh, yeah, it is. I'll but, figure it out. So what conference? Uh, AFC. I don't think you'll guess this one. Mike Williams. Uh, nope. Hmm. Whatever. I'll revisit it. I'll get three guesses. That's my first one. All right. Who you got first? Uh, my first, <clears throat> excuse me, running back shine is Damian Harris versus the L.A. Chargers. Like okay. I said, we addressed this earlier. The Chargers are literally the worst in the league against the run. 
And Belichick's a game script guy. I don't want to be repetitive with what I'm saying here, but he knows how to beat teams. He does what works. And what's going to work versus the Chargers is running the damn ball. Yes. And I think Damian Harris is that guy. And, I mean, Bolden might get some of the work, but it's going to be more pass catching than anything. And I think Damian Harris is going to tote it probably 25 times is a good estimate. I would be comfortable to say he could get 25 touches this if they're week. gonna if they're gonna be have any chance at all he needs to probably mm-hmm. have 25 touches so yeah, I think he's good for it yeah so I love the play to be quite honest with you he's in his last couple of games he's he's actually come along I, I I was starting to get scared off of Damian Harris a little bit because he was having some issues of fumbling and um usage was not great for a couple of weeks there but his last two games he's been over 100 yards and he scored two touchdowns last week he scored in three consecutive so Mm-hmm. Honestly, a, love Brandon Bolden too as like a flex play. If you don't have anybody to start that you're comfortable mm-hmm. with, that's a good play because one, they're going to run a lot, and I do think he's going to get some of the pass catching work. But two, if they get down, he's going to be out there a lot more yeah. because they're going to be pass catching a lot more. So there's well, more f- upside is there as well. He finally stepped into that role the way I expected him to like two or three weeks ago last week. Yeah, uh, he, he had what six or seven grabs. Something no, yeah, like he that. played great last week. And I forgot what it was. Though. He might have. I, I don't know if he had a touchdown. I think I want to say he did, but I could be wrong. I'm not going to look it up, but. Um, yeah, I, I think as a flex play, he's got some upside, actually. Sneaky upside, but upside nonetheless. So I do like Harris a lot. The only reason I left him off of my or my shine list is because you had mentioned him when we were preparing earlier, so I figured ah, he's probably going to throw him on there. Oh, fair enough. So, But it's a, a logical choice for sure. Yeah, um, I love him. I think he's going to this week. If you have Harris and you're considering other names, you, you shouldn't be. Just start him this week, and then you, know, you, you should be uh, – let it ride benefits so um my next uh my next shine is a little combo action this week um mostly because zeke is like a he's a lock to start so it's like that's not really a question yeah um but pollard even this week minnesota's probably going to be missing michael pierce again who is their you know Defensive tackle. He's their yeah. He's their best defensive interior defensive player. Is he nose tackle? What is? Uh, yeah, we don't play a three four, so he's not a traditional oh. nose tackle. Okay. But he's our best interior defensive lineman. It's not even close. Um, and he's been he's been nursing an elbow injury. I think he's missed the last couple of games. And for some reason, they haven't put him on IR. Um, but I don't think he's going to play this week. Uh, the Vikings have not been great against the run. They have gotten better since Barr came back. Um. But I do think that there's going to be plenty for Zeke and Pollard uh, to both produce. Especially, I think if Dak goes down, that probably hurts their upside a little bit. But mm-hmm. they're also it's going to you're, you're going to see an increase in usage. Um, oh, I really need Dak to play. If if Dak doesn't play, they're each one's probably going to get a handful more touches. And if he does play, they have a significantly higher scoring upside. Right. So, so I it's think not it's not really a bad option. It's yeah, a safe I think, play. I think either one of them is a safe play. Pollard's obviously more of a flex option, um, but I think he could be considered for sure this yeah. week. And Zeke is an obvious start. So I do like both of them based on the matchup. And Minnesota's banged up in the secondary too, so they might be able to move the ball. Like I said, this this has got shootout written all over it. So unless Cooper Rush starts, then it could be a bloodbath. Oh I don't want to think about that. So there uh, you go. My second one of the week is James Robinson at Seattle. I know it's in Seattle, which is, a, granted, a very hard place to play. And Derrick Henry makes everything look easy, so it's not fair to say just because he did it. Anyone else can. <laughs> um, but James Robinson against a 
Seattle defense it's not been fantastic for one. No. And two, their offense is so banged up right now, they're not gonna be able to stay on the field. I, I doubt it. So for that reason, I think they're just gonna be able to run the hell out of the ball. I just don't it doesn't make I don't see them stopping them in it like enough to see I was giving up hundred and thirty four yards on the ground per game. That's third worst. Yeah, they're not they're not good. So they can't stop the run. Their offense most likely won't be able to stay on the field. I just I hate everything about that for Seattle this week. I could see Jacksonville beating Seattle this week. Yeah, I think it's certainly on the table. Um, I I think they're they're getting better. They got their first win out of the way finally. Mm-hmm. You know the monkeys off yeah, the back. Yeah, right. Um, and as much as I dislike Urban Meyer as a human being, oh god, he's, um, yeah, he's not great. I think that. You know, Lawrence is coming along. They're kind of they're learning their way as they go here, and the the matchup is just the, the defense in Seattle is like you said they're just not good um, against the run or the pass. They really have no strength. Yeah, just there's nothing about that team that excites me right now. No, even when Russ gets back, it's probably going to be too late. They drop too many, and that division's just so good. I oh. don't think Seattle makes the playoffs this no, year. No, their their season's pretty much done. I think at this point, it's probably too early to say it that way, but. I mean, they're two and five, and they're they're in a division with the Rams, the Niners, and the fucking Cardinals. There's no Yikes. chance they're coming back mm-hmm. from that. Um, their their only hope is a oh not even a, I don't even know how they get to a wild card they, spot. They, they, they can't. They really can't. I don't know how they do it. They're the third worst team in that division, and they're gonna make the playoffs. And it's sad to think about because they're definitely with some of the better rosters in the NFL on paper. All right, um, I have one more name that I'm thrown on my shine list this week same um zach moss really yeah i looked at at him but i didn't think i couldn't think more than a little bit about it more as a flex i think he is the firm starter now i think that's fair to say singletary is not a threat anymore um he's more of just a change of pace but moss is the goal line guy in a high high scoring offense and the miami defense is not very good either this year um they are well, third worst against running backs for fantasy this year. So, I they're also not good in general. I could see Buffalo kind of dominating this game. If that's the if that's the fact, I I think Moss has legit upside for two touchdowns. I'd, I'm not going to say that's a lock either, but um, I think as a flex play this week, you could if you can get 15 touches out of him and a touchdown. I mean that's. That's about what I could could see him producing with upside for more. You know, yeah, I was gonna say with that hot matchup. take, I was like, we're throwing a lot of locks out here. I like yeah, it. <laughs> that's that's not even something I would consider. You know, I, I think that's kind of his floor this week. To be honest, I don't wow. know yardage wise what he's gonna get for yardage, but ten to fifteen touches. Yeah, it is. It is a, a good matchup. It does entice me enough, but. I suppose I guess with the running back situation, you probably don't have a better option yet. So I don't hate that. I don't. I'll, and I typically, I'm staying away from Buffalo running backs. I don't like that situation. Yeah, Singletary's <clears throat> been pissing me off. Yeah, I've, I've said that before, that I I want to stay away from both of them because they don't like to run the ball much, and Allen is the kind of their goal line back of choice. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> Yeah, as weird as that is to say. Yeah, but, man, you can only do that for so long with your franchise quarterback. You can't afford to be pounding him. Yeah, anymore. well, now that they paid him, too, you have money invested in this asset. Quit being an idiot with it. Like you're get, investing, a, get a 300-pound fullback and call it good. Well, and they're investing third-round picks in, in Singletary and Moss, and if they're not going to use them in the goal line, where are they going to use them? Because they don't really run the ball much. Yeah, what are you drafting these guys for? It just it, doesn't make sense. No, it's at some point they need to move away from running Josh Allen up the middle 
So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like the running back group there. Go sign someone like a Legarrette Blunt. That's what Moss like a bad should be. Body size. That's what Moss should be. So, uh, I like him this week based on the matchup. Yeah. Who's your last one? I do, I do, actually. I do as well. Um, my last one is DeAndre Swift. Okay. Playing Philadelphia. But my big thing is that DeAndre Swift has seen an uptick in usage in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jamal Williams is slowly, slowly, slowly going down. He's fading into oblivion mm-hmm. right now. Which you love to see. Um, Unless you own him. Yeah, but the thing is, if you if you own him, you shouldn't have expected him to be anything in the first place other than a handcuff. Uh, Philly's giving up about the same amount of yards as Seattle is. They're giving up 133 instead of 144, so that's good for fourth worst, which is obviously horrible. Yeah, you're, oh, you're the fourth worst team instead of the third worst. And Swift's, right. So Swift's getting a 74% share of the touches in the backfield right now over the last touches. three weeks, which is huge. Yeah. So, seeing that uptick as well as a good matchup here, I love me some DeAndre Swift this yeah. week. I agree with that, too. I, I've... It's kind of his backfield to lose now. It, it really slowly is. slowly re-solidifying himself as it, the number one guy. It really is. I was super scared of DeAndre Swift in the offseason, like before the year started, just because of how bad I thought the offense would be. And, and now they, they have no one else, so they just load up and focus on just him. But his... For half point or full point PPR, his floor is as high as anybody's. Yeah, he's an RB one. Just because of the the number of targets he's getting, he's the second leading, the second highest targeted player on the team behind Hawkinson, and it's only by one target. He's got like sixty two on the year, and I think Hawkinson it's is sixty three. Um, and I don't see that changing I'm, going forward. I don't know how it could. Sixty three targets to Hawkinson already. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, who else are going to throw the ball to? That's reliable. I mean, he's probably the best. Him and, him and Hawkins are the two best players on that offense. And they're, yeah. they're finding ways to get him the ball, which is smart. And I, I think he's, uh, going forward, solid RB1. So I I like him in a lot of matchups, but this one especially, I think he's got a he's got blow-up potential. Do you think he finishes top five this week? Because I might. Mm, um, I don't think it's out of the question, actually. I just, I really like this matchup. I'm kicking around something to lock with it, and I don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'll, look, I'll revisit it as we go. Looking but. at the names that are, you know, in that three to eight range, he's one of the ones I like the most, mm-hmm. for sure. I'm intrigued. All right, anyways, on to the Pines, I believe, huh? Yes, sir. Um, My first one is Nick Chubb against Pittsburgh. You're gonna bench Nick Chubb? Um, I don't know if I'm benching him, but I'm I'm putting him in flex territory at best this week. Wholeheartedly uh, expecting a bad week. Yeah, Baker's been banged up. They're uh, he's gonna try to gut it out, but this passing offense is not like they're gonna be daring Cleveland and throw. Yeah, I mean Baker. I can't believe Baker's even gonna think about playing. And if he doesn't, even if he doesn't finish the game, it's like who's their backup? Keenum? Do you really have any faith that Cleveland's gonna be able to move the ball? I think. Pittsburgh's going to load up the box and basically say, all right, well, hand it to Chubb and we'll just stuff him for two. You know, I, I just don't see their, I don't see the upside at all. I, like I said, I'm not benching him necessarily, but I'm not expecting him to put up good numbers. I think he's a flex at best. So yeah. that, that's why he, that's why he ended up on this list for me. Okay. Uh, my first pine of the week, Cordell Patterson versus Carolina. 
Love it. I've been waiting for him to fall off. Um, yeah. It's just the thing is they're only giving up 110 total yards per game. Carolina's defense is going to figure it out. Um, he is involved in the passing game. He does like to wide up, line up wide as well. Mm-hmm. And now Carolina's depth chart got a whole lot more interesting now that Gilmore is going to make his debut. He is? So, yeah. Okay. So you're going to have a lot more depth covering him. I just don't see him having any pass catching value here as a running back. And I, their front sevens. So I don't understand how Carolina started to drop as many as they have. I think their defense will right the ship and figure it out. And versus a not fantastic Atlanta offense, I could see them doing it this week. Yeah, the Carolina's defense is, was already good. We've talked about them at length uh, multiple times this year. Um, but you throw in Gilmore now making his debut. They And like you said, they should have been better the last couple of weeks, but Sam Darnold has really put them in bad positions. Yeah. So I think it's got more to do with him than it does their actual play. If he's just average, like his defense he is should good. be, yeah. Um, and I think he will be this week just because he got benched. He knows it's kind of now or never for him. Well, and he even getting traded to Carolina into a starting job was a godsend for him. Yeah, and it didn't wake him up enough though because he if, still got the starting job. If it doesn't work out here, he's done. And he's got to know that, right? Either I mean, that or you're a backup somewhere. That's If if it doesn't work out as a starter now, mm-hmm. he will never be a starter again unless somebody gets hurt in front of him. He will be a career backup after this because, I mean, he's Why been given Why would you trust him? What's the point? That's know? the thing, yeah. he's He's been given opportunities at this point, and he... Has done nothing with him. He's no, given ample opportunity. Despite the hot start, which was mostly carried by his rushing touchdowns, I as soon as those, those fell off, he fell off. And granted, it was with the Jets, but you should at least show me enough to know that you're good enough if we put pieces around you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I I think as long as he can play just average, the defense is good there. Um, I do think they have a pretty good shot of shutting down Atlanta's offense, at least to a, to some extent. I don't I don't know if they'll completely shut him out. they got no, quite I, a few weapons. Not but, Pitts is playing well, too. I don't know uh-huh. if it's possible, though. Yeah. Um, do that, but what we will see. But that does that doesn't really affect Patterson to me. So that's what more so not what I'm worried about. I just don't think that Patterson will have a good day because of those reasons. Sure. All right. Uh, my next one I'm gonna throw out is Lenny Fournette. Really? Um, and it's I I really do like Fournette in this offense because they're just <laughs> so good. Um, and he's really taken over. He's it's his job to lose. Yeah, it's Ronald Jones is an afterthought in terms of running backs on that team. Yeah, see ya, Ronald. Yeah, he he's done. He's he's probably not going to last um, another season with Tampa. Most likely, he's gone. But um, they're the thing that scares me off of Fournette this week is just the fact that they're playing New Orleans, whose run defense is pretty good. Um, they're one of the best teams in the league against the run. In fact, the only team giving up less. Less uh, that's given up less rushing yards so far this year is the Buccaneers. So I don't think it's going to be a very efficient or effective game running the football for either team. I think you're going to see a lot of passing, um, just because they're both both teams are just really strong in terms of run defense. So Fournette, I'm I, he might get a touchdown, but I don't think he's going to get enough you know all-purpose yards to really make him fantasy 
uh, relevant this week. Enough to yeah, yeah, keep him in the conversation. If, if I have him, I'm probably looking at benching him over somebody else that might have more upside. Okay. Unless you absolutely have to start him, but I wouldn't feel super comfortable doing that. Uh, my last pine is none other than your boy Antonio Gibson. Yeah, he I can't me. with him. Not lately. Uh, 14 for 51 last week, 10 for 44 the week before. He's slowly losing his job to J.D. McKissick, it seems, which makes no sense to me. I don't think he'll lose it. but He's God not going to lose it, but there's, he's not as much the lead back, which is bizarre to me. I would have expected Antonio Gibson to be fantastic this year. I did expect him to be pretty good this year. I'm surprised that he hasn't been playing that well. I don't know if it's more due to the shin injury or if it's because he's just been ineffective mm-hmm. i don't know what to think about it but right I do not like it depends on the game sometimes it looks like he just isn't playing well and sometimes it looks like they're not using him the way that he should yeah i had a lot of faith in him this year and I'm, i've been disappointed for sure um he is playing at denver which is a tough place to play could be mm-hmm. von miller's last game as a bronco yikes <laughs> yeah right we did see that they were going to trade or maybe you're considering trading him which would be wild um they're giving up less than 100 yards on the ground per game, which is, doesn't bode well for Antonio Gibson, who already no. doesn't get 100 anyways. In a bad offense. Yeah, like. it's just it doesn't bode well for me. And with his inconsistencies, I'd probably look elsewhere here if I don't have – or if I have any other options to start, I'd probably lean towards that. I just really don't love that situation this week. Yeah, I, I we talked about it before we started recording this. I'm actually benching him in a league that we're in together. Um, in favor of Damian Harris, Daryl Williams, or Chuba Hubbard. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not even considering him out of the the names that I have. Um, yeah, it's not this week. It's just a <clears throat> yeah. And until until they start to come around a little bit, I think I'm. He's he's much more of like a flex for me uh, going forward. You got any other names you don't like this week? Then mm, that's it for me. For guys that I don't like. Okay. I have uh, I have one name in my borderline list. Okay. And I have one too, and I bet you can't guess it. Mine is Michael Carter. Okay. Um, he's actually the last. So he he had a bye week two weeks ago, but the the two games that he's played in last, he's scored in the double digits in each one. He's he's taking over that that backfield. That and this was kind of what I expected. A lot of people expected him to do. The, oh, yeah, there's not really much competition. No, it's just a matter of, like, when was it going to happen because he wasn't starting. He really wasn't even playing at all in the first few games of the year. And it's it was all about being patient with him. Mm-hmm. A lot of people probably dropped him. So if you were able to snag him up off of waivers, you might yeah. get, you might have a flex or a running back three going forward. Maybe even, he could even move into RB2 territory if Wilson comes back soon enough and plays because – that's the one downside right now is that Joe Flacco is probably the starter. Yikes, dude. Um, which oh, God. does not it does not inspire much confidence for me in that offense. Yeah, that guy won a Super Bowl. Yeah, somehow. somehow. Don't discredit Joe. Mean that, Joe Flacco. Would he have a nickname? I don't know. Where'd he go to college, Wink? Uh, Delaware. Oh, boy. Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Miami of Ohio. There you go. I'm just trying to think of weird, obscure schools. Tony Romo. Oh, I actually know this, too. Don't tell me. It's like Southwest something. Eastern. Oh, is it Eastern Illinois? Oh, now you have me second-guessing. 
I was going to say Eastern Michigan, but I think it could be Eastern Illinois. I think it's Eastern Illinois. It's one of those two, though, because that sounds right. No, that's for sure right, because yeah. Kyle wouldn't let me forget. I'm pretty sure it's Eastern Illinois. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. they're purple, right? I'm pretty Maybe. sure they're purple. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, that guy's irrelevant anyways. Never won a playoff game. Actually, yeah, he did. He won a couple. He would have won one if uh, Des would have caught that ball. Didn't he win one? Did he ever win a playoff game? Totally yeah, won a playoff game. Yeah, they to had have. to have. Didn't beat Minnesota. Yeah, they. But the, to you. Oh yeah, they beat someone to get to that Green yeah, Bay game. Yeah, because they were the wild card. The Vikings mm-hmm. had to buy the first. Carolina. Game. I don't know. I don't remember. Deep in the Dallas Cowboys. Kyle would be ashamed right now. Whoever it was, they must have been dog shit if the Cowboys beat them. <laughs> That's for you, Kyle. Uh, let's be honest. That's for you, Kyle. Washed <laughs> up Jason Witten. It's a very niche joke because we don't have a whole lot of Cowboys fans that are hey, well, going to be listening to Kyle this. Kyle wants them to fire McCarthy and hire Garrett back. So, <laughs> I mean, I agree with fire McCarthy, but I don't know about Jason Garrett. I think he just meant it more so like if he had to pick between you know, the two, he would take Jason Garrett back. But You know who's out there still? Adam Gase is still out there. They could Jack Del Rio. Yeah. Hey, John Gruden's looking for a job. What did hear that? <laughs> Wonder so maybe, why. maybe we could get something that works with that. It does seem like it fits right up Dallas's yeah. alley, yeah. With the context of some of the players they've taken on in the past, having negative stories around them. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, my one borderline this week is Elvin Kamara. Ooh. I'm starting him no matter what because it's Elvin Kamara. You can't afford yeah. not to. But he's playing a really tough defense in Tampa Bay, not just front seven. Jameis, I don't think, is going to have a good game. So I don't think they're going to. I Like, I just, because of those situations, he's going to get more focused on than anything. And in previous games against Tampa Bay, he's really not had success. Yeah. He's averaging 52 yards per game against Tampa Bay over his career. And he plays him twice a year. It's, he's, that's not good. So Yeah, I mean, he's the focal point of that offense, yes. But. The other side of that is he's the focal point of that offense. Yeah. Yes. So if you stop him, you're most likely stopping the entire team. And I can see some stupid gimmick, like they get it on the one-yard line and they put Mark Ingram in so he scores and like a welcome back to New Orleans. Like, yeah. oh, Mark Ingram scored so cool. He could he could cut and into some of those And just steal some – yeah, just, just be a vulture more so than anything. Yeah, if he's got anything left in the tank, they will find a way to get him into the end zone. Oh, yeah. So just for that reason, I would be wary of Elvin Kamara and don't expect him to have a fantastic week and don't be surprised if he doesn't. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Um I think we can we move on to wide receivers? Are we Is that we cheese the, wink? Huh? Is that cheese? Oh that's not cheese. <laughs> that's cream. Oh uh, <laughs> shout out Gunner. <laughs> um my first wide receiver that I'm going to throw out, and I did I I might have mentioned him last week too, or a week before, but I, I know I threw his name out a couple weeks ago. Uh, Michael Pittman, guy is coming around big time. He had a sick touchdown last week against the Niners. He basically just bullied the fuck out of the corner and went up over the top of him and took the ball. It was sweet, um, and I know that we've said you know Wentz likes sweet. his big body receivers like an Alshon Jeffrey. Pittman is that guy. He's coming around. He's going to be legit going forward. If you can trade for him, trade for him. But if uh, if you have him, you're starting him, and I think you're starting him almost every week now. Not necessarily a lock to start every week, but I think he's pretty safe to start every single week. 
So Pittman playing Tennessee on top of it, you know, very banged up secondary. We've clowned them multiple times. Um, I mean, it's it's a great matchup. He's a number one target. He's clearly got chemistry with the quarterback. Uh, I don't. There's nothing not to like about Pittman this week. Uh, Fulton is Christian Fulton. High said is the one bright spot on Tennessee's defense. Is the one reason that actually Pittman fell on my pine list this week. Really, Fulton has shut wow. down really good wide receivers. He held Hopkins to like two catches for um, twenty-one yards on like five targets when he matched up against him in week one, even though they got torched when he was on Hopkins. Almost nothing happened. And there was another scenario. I forget forget which game it was. I'll look it up in a second so I can remember. Where he locked up another really good uh, wideout. Diggs? Yeah, I believe it was Diggs. No, not Diggs. It was not Diggs. Um, but he has, 20, he has 28 targets this year and 11 receptions allowed, so he's averaging about a 40% win rate. But um, his yards per catch is like a little bit over four. I think it's like 4.5 or something like that. Or I guess not a little bit over, halfway to five. Uh, His PFF grade is 71.6 right now. So he hasn't played horrible this year. And for that reason, I think that if they, I think that most likely because he's had success on big body framed receivers, that he's going to be on Pittman. And I don't like Pittman in this matchup. Okay. Interesting. But that could be a little bit of a homer pick, I'm just saying. I'm loving the difference of seen. opinions here. Right. Because more often than not, like we 75% of the time, we, are, we agree with each other, at least on some level. Um, but it's it's good to have a little bit of a difference of opinion. I had to remember who Christian Fulton was playing. Um, who's your uh, who's your first shiner this week? Um. Give me one second. I'm looking up the schedule there. I'm trying to remember what right. game it I'll, was. I'll, uh, I'll throw out my next one. Okay. Uh, it's going to be Emmanuel Sanders. DK. Oh, I played. Okay. There's DK. Um, Emmanuel Sanders. They're playing the Dolphins. I, I mentioned earlier that the Dolphins' defense is not very good. And against the run or the pass, Josh, <clears throat> excuse me, Josh Allen has been Josh Allen all year. Yeah, Diggs yikes. is doing much less this year than he did last year, even though he's still the number one. Um, yeah, that's a big, big question mark for a lot of fantasy owners who probably reached on Diggs for him to be what he's been this yeah. year. And on a, uh, this is hard to believe, but I have it right in front of my face right now. On a point per game basis, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is actually averaging more points per game than Stephon Diggs this year. To Yikers, which is uh, wild to think about. A lot of it's because he's had two games where he had two touchdowns. Outside of that, he hasn't scored. Yeah. Um, but he fits this offense very well because he's good. He's very good at vertical threat, and they love to push the ball downfield. So. Well, he can throw it a country mile. So. Yeah. If uh, if teams are focusing on digs like they should be, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is just carving them up at times, um, getting into the end zone, establishing a connection with Allen. I think Beasley is kind of being faded out. Yeah, he's um, getting old. The emergence, not the emergence necessarily, but like the the presence of Emmanuel Sanders has really hurt Beasley a lot. I think now that Knox has been, you know, he's been ruled out for this week too. So I think Sanders is the clear number two Mm. uh, pass catching option. So I I really like his matchup this week. I'm I'm firing it up in any league that I have him. 
No, I, I agree with your point. And, like, the point-per-game thing really shocked me when you told me that to start out. But it does make sense. Diggs just hasn't been the Diggs we thought he was going to be this year so far. He certainly hasn't. Uh, my first shine for wide receivers is Mr. Debo Samuel. Really? Happy that I'm back. He's been a target monster, too. Yeah, he has. That's the biggest thing for me. He's already wide receiver five, so it really should not come as a surprise to anybody. And ESPN, he's wide receiver five in a PPR format. Shouldn't really come to surprises anyone that if you have him, you're most likely starting him. But his target share is insane yeah. going the, forward. He's like the wide receiver one and two right now. For mm-hmm. him. So, so far it's 12, 8, 10, 13, 9, and 11 through six games. That's over 10 a game. That's insane. Yeah, on a team that doesn't pass that much. Right. Um, so I love every part of that. And Debo versus Chicago, who, I mean, doesn't have a terrible defense, but their pass defense is nothing to write home about. I could see him blowing up once again. He's just gonna He just gets the opportunity. Regardless, yeah. if you have me in a PPR, probably getting you 15 as a floor just based on sheer target and probably receptions that he's going to get. Well, and they, even if he's not getting a ton of yards, he's getting the the receptions numbers because they find ways to get him the ball short and then let him kind of get into open space. They they throw a lot of those little quick screens. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll they'll give him carries. He gets a couple carries every game. Um, but and, they love those little bubble screens and shit like that. And right now, Ayuk is just not producing. I don't know what's going on with him, but he's just not playing. Debo's reaping full benefits of that and has no issue doing it. Yeah, they're not they're not happy with Ayuk right now. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's his lack of preparation or whatever, but whatever it's it was, be it started. Something, yeah, it started before the season, or... <clears throat> and he has not gotten himself out of the doghouse. And it's been Samuel has been the one that has. Yeah, right. He's benefited. Fine with it. He's um, just eaten. Yeah, Debo's know. been great. So I'm big on Debo this week. I think that's a lock in to start, regardless. Yeah. Uh, my second one is Devonta Smith at Detroit. Okay. Like we've harped on multiple times, we love Detroit matchups. I think yep. that game's gonna get out a get out to a hot. I honestly think it has potential to be a shootout. Like, I they have right now. I was gonna a, say get out of pocket, but that didn't really describe what I was trying to say. Like right I just, now, they have a forty-eight and a half uh, over under, which yeah. is one of the highest of in the league this week. Detroit can. Score points. Like, don't get me wrong, they can. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to tear Detroit apart just because I they're do too. not. Okay, I'd fully see this game hitting the over. Oh, yeah. I, I think this this could be a shootout. I, like I said, it's 48.5 points is what they're expecting in Vegas. Well, Philly's defense isn't great. Detroit's defense isn't great. Yeah, banged up secondary in Detroit, too. So I think yeah. Devontae Smith is running as good of routes as he does. is going to be able to route up some people, and you're going to probably see one or two chunk plays from him at least and i think he's gonna have a great day i'd love to see him get eight receptions for a hundred and a touchdown you know mm-hmm. that would be uh very yeah very I, I could very well see that happening i could see that happening for sure all right um i have oh we haven't gone into our our pines yet so mm-hmm. i guess we'll you got any more shiners uh yeah the only one that i will say it's not really a hot tick either because he is probably starting most leagues is amari cooper this week against minnesota like you covered how bad Minnesota's past defense has kind yeah, of been. They haven't been great. It's yeah. they're, they're two starting corners this week are going to be Dantzler and Rashawn Breeland. Yeah, so not having oh, – that's my big play is not having Pat Pete. So yeah. I love, 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 love having that option here to have Cooper 
be on a number two corner for probably one. Yeah. And one a, of the only times this season he'll get the opportunity to do it. Yeah, and he's you know he's a one of the better route runners in the league. He should be able to twist one of yeah. those guys up. Yeah. So uh, if Dak plays, especially that's a big hindrance. Obviously, if Cooper Rush is throwing the ball, it's going to be a much different yeah. story. But if, if Dak's in, I think Lamb and Cooper are both wide receiver ones this week. Yeah, I think I think most likely Dak will be in, but if he isn't, I, that would scare me. Fair enough. Um, you good to move on? I am. All right. I got DJ Moore as my first pine this week. Okay. Uh, I don't like saying that because he's been pretty – actually, he's been really good this year. He's actually scored some touchdowns, which is where he's lacked the most in the last couple seasons. But until Darnold kind of shows that he's turned a corner now and figured it out a little bit, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm down on DJ Moore. There's just – how effective can he be if Sam Darnold is throwing three interceptions a game for 150 yards and getting benched? I just I'm getting like, benched. I I don't know. If <clears throat> the XFL product or was that what he was in? PJ Walker. Yeah, I think that's who it was, and I think he was in the XFL, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a stud there. Whatever league that was, that yep. folded after like four weeks. Yeah, but DJ Moore. I mean, I'm probably you're you're probably in a position where you're starting him, but I mean, shit. I don't what, know that I would necessarily want to. If you're starting you have DJ Moore this with wide receivers, so you can make it away with being able to bench him. Yeah, if you're starting him this week, like what are you expecting? Because I he plays Atlanta. I, that's a good matchup, but it's like what what are you realistically expecting out of him? Because I would argue that most likely you're going to be disappointed in that outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're expecting a bad week out of him, then you shouldn't be starting him anyway. You know, so I I don't know. I'm down on DJ Moore until Darnold figures it out. Um, I'm not completely out on him, but I, I don't feel good about him at all. Yeah, I mean, I want to believe in Sam Darnold still because we were so high on him. And I do yeah. think that he will figure it out this week because he has to. He literally he has to realize this is basically a career-deciding game for him, yeah. and he's kind of walking on thin ice for a while, even if he does play well tonight. But it has yep. to start or on Sunday, but it has to start on Sunday. And so that's the the one thing that's trying to get me to say that I, the wide receiver, especially Moore, will have some production because he's got to play well. So he's going to try to find his best players. But you just you never know, and it's impossible to trust him right now. So I don't I get that. Uh, on the opposite side of that game, my second pine is Calvin Ridley versus Carolina. Carolina is giving up less than two hundred against the pass. It's good for second best in the league right now. Um, like we talked about earlier. We don't really think that Atlanta's offense is that lethal, but they are starting to come around a little bit. I just don't think that this game's going to be a step in the right direction for them having Gilmore debut as well. They're going to throw him on Ridley, and it's going to be the Kyle Pitts show, if anything. Yep. Uh, a team that already doesn't give up 200 yards in the air is good, and then adding Stephon Gilmore to that defense is really good. So I could see this being a very rough game for all of the receivers in Atlanta, not just like the Russell yeah. Gage. If you're thinking about starting Russell Gage because he caught that 43-yard bomb last week or whatever, or two weeks ago or whatever it was, and he's starting to play better, don't even consider it. There's just nobody there that I would touch I other than maybe Pitts, and that's because the tight end position so scarce anyway that it doesn't matter if he puts up five because most of their tight ends would have done the same thing. Yeah, Ridley was, <clears throat> Ridley was my second pine this week also. So, oh, really? Yeah, he was, he was huh. the second name I had. I'm... I don't know if I'm full-on benching him this week, but I would consider it. Oh, I would heavily consider it. I don't think he's going to have anywhere to go. He hasn't done shit when he's been in the lineup, and now that Pitts is – 
Pitts is honestly starting to look he, really. He might be the good. number one receiver on that team. <laughs> and I, mean, I disrespect I Ridley now. Rid, Ridley's he had success when he was the number two. Obviously, when Julio, yeah, was but there, he was but, good last year too, and Julio was out. Well, and it's a different type of coverage that teams need to play with Pitts well, versus yeah, Julio. Like true. you can't put a defensive back on Pitts; he's just too big. Yeah, you got to hope your linebackers can carry exactly, and so they like, can't because Pitts is like literally a built like a wide receiver. Yeah, so I. Ridley's going to be facing the number one corner no matter what, and then Pitts is probably going to get a linebacker and then doubled with a safety. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if even if Ridley's in one-on-one coverage, it's like he's still facing the best corner every team's got to throw at him. And Carolina's best corner is pretty More fucking good. The best corners. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm out on Ridley this week. I'm not. Uh, I don't trust him at all. Yeah, I think so. you're just going to see it. I mean, it's not like he needs to learn a playbook too much. Too Gilmore's a lot of man-to-man coverage, so. Yeah, he can he can hold his own against any receiver. I don't expect him to have any really learning curve hopping into this defense. Yep. So for that reason, yeah, I'm out. I'm out on Ridley. Do you have any other uh, names you dislike this week? Mm, no, I do not. Those are my only two. All right, I got Cortland Sutton on my borderlines this Ooh, week. So, oh, borderlines? Okay. Yeah. He's he's not a name I dislike because they're playing Washington, so the matchup is great. Yep. And if Which Judy doesn't never play, thought, it's so weird for me to still say that they should not be bad. Yeah. If if Judy doesn't play, um, obviously he's got more upside, which is why I put him on the borderline list because I'm still not sure how to feel about it. But yeah, um, if Judy plays, it's a good matchup. But if Judy plays, that I think does I don't think that bodes well for Sutton. I think he'll be okay as a flex, but right now you're getting wide receiver two sometimes wide receiver one weeks out of him. As soon as Judy comes back, that's not going to be the case anymore. And, you know, he might have a good week this week because, like I said, it's a great matchup. But it also might be one of those games where, like you said, Teddy might only have to throw for 230. Yeah. Um, and, and if that's the case, I mean, Sutton, you're not going to get a massive game unless you get multiple touchdowns. That's out what of you him. need, the touchdowns. Yeah. Cause Which is not, a – Teddy doesn't throw for – 350 no and it's so just not his game style relying on multiple touchdowns is always a big gamble so i'm i mean i like the matchup but there are legitimate concerns i have which is why i put him on the borderlines yep uh my borderline is deontay johnson against cleveland mm, okay uh they're giving up just a little bit north of 215 passing yards a game i think it's under 220 but a little bit more a little bit more than 215. So around there, which isn't fantastic. It's a top six pass defense. Uh, Big Ben's starting to look worse and worse <laughs> as the season goes on. Um, I think this is going to be a big Najee Harris game, if anything. I don't even know if he's going to play well because of Cleveland's front seven, but I think Najee's going to be a huge focal point. And I don't see Deontay being able to go over the top at all with Ward on him. So Yeah. Having Denzel Ward cover you, I just don't think bodes well for your over-the-top ability and already not giving up that many passing yards. Deontay Johnson's been great, and pretty much all they have, especially now Juju's gone too, so I'm probably still starting him, but I'm worried about that pass defense and Denzel Ward. I think this week could be a Claypool week, I think, over Johnson. Um, Because I think if, yeah... If they're going to hit any big plays, it's going to be. Oh, capable. I'm worried. I'm worried about them being able to. But yeah. I guess if Ward's not on them, there's a higher chance of them yeah, being I'll, able to I torch mean, them. And Cleveland, they're better against the run than they are against the pass. But their front seven is nasty. And if you know, if if Pittsburgh's struggling to protect Big Ben, um, 
I don't I don't like either one. Um, but if there's one that I would I would take the upside of Claypool just because right. the big playability. I don't Deontay Johnson's not really a type of dude that's gonna hit you for a seventy five yarder. Not typically. Um he's he's a PPR guy, but he's I don't know, you just you don't see him make many of those big fucking splash plays. It's that that's a that's the Claypool move. That's a classic, you know, Chase Claypool game is like Yeah, right. Handful of catches for a long touchdown. So I uh I don't. I don't hate that because I do think he'll the, get the his, matchup. Just scares me, and yeah, I just think there's better options. Yeah, but I'm on board with that. Deontay has been that good this year, where it's warrants a conversation because it's hard to bench a guy that's played that well for you. Yeah, you got any other wide receivers to mention? I'm good on wide receivers. It's rolling to the tight ends. All right, because uh, speaking of that game, I got Pat Fryermuth as my uh, yeah. My shine I love week. that. Love that. Ebron's hurt. He's probably going to miss this week. Maybe miss more time than that. And they picked Fryermuth in the second round. They mm-hmm. like the guy. I've we've already mentioned that he. If you have him in a dynasty league, that you're hanging on to him because I think going forward he's got big time upside. Uh, he's the starter this week. He could. We just talked about how the Big Ben he's struggling to throw the ball downfield, and they, he's not getting a lot of time because their offensive line isn't good. The front seven in Cleveland is very good. Fryermuth could be the safety blanket if Deontay's not able to get open. Um, so I, I really like Fryermuth. I think he's gonna I think I, I do think he's a pretty safe play to get you, you know, six to eight six, seven, eight targets or six, seven, eight catches. Um and if you get lucky and he gets into the end zone, that's a that's a tight end one. So I I really like Fryermuth. Yeah, he's and he's taken advantage of every opportunity he's been given this year. So you would like to see him take another step in the right direction here, being the only guy out there really. Yeah. And having Ebron be out. You could hopefully hopefully see like six seven targets i would love it i think if he gets if he gets eight targets i think he's going to be a tight end one yeah you just you never know with these rookies what they're going to do with them that's why i say hopefully and how yeah. much trust they really have but i really like firemouth i mean we're starting him in our league this week so yeah well and I, I the other part of this is like i don't think cleveland's going to focus on him as being a a you know a big threat because they have other like they got to worry about Najee, Najee. they got to worry about Claypool and Johnson. So I think if you know if there's anybody that there's not going to be thinking about or like if if they want Pittsburgh to hurt them with anyone, I think Fryermuth to be one of those guys. Yeah, it's um, prove you can beat us with him. Yeah. So I I'd I would love to see a good week out of him and I think you're going to get it if you play him. Uh my first tight end I guess I shouldn't say first. He's really my only tight end shine. Mm-hmm. Is uh Hunter Henry Versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I considered him. Uh, he's scored in three straight weeks, so he's starting to get hot. Kind of taking over the role from John, who has, like, the guy they look to more. And then, he really has. Which makes no sense to me. I don't understand why you pay these tight ends so much money to do this. And they're playing his old team. Yeah. That's, so, you know I'm a sucker up. for these matchups one way or another, whether I think someone will play well or whether I think someone will suck, just depending on the matchup and what's going on. But I do think this is one of those situations where someone's going to play well. I And like I said, it's going to be a lot of run-heavy game script from New England. And because of that, they're probably going to be in a lot of those two tight end sets. Yeah, he'll be on the field a lot. And so he'll be on the field a lot. And I think they're going to disguise a few and play action. And I think that he's going to get a lot more looks than you think. I think this is just going to be a, just like a Dallas Cowboys, Dak, and Zeke rookie year where they just 
Dak and dunk down the fucking yeah. field for five yards. Get Every play and just keep. I think that's just going to be how it is. And so you can see a lot of PPR value there for Hunter Henry, and uh-huh. I can see a touchdown as well. Yeah, the Chargers are not great against the tight end either. They're giving up 11.2 a game against the tight end, which for reference is. 0.7 points per game behind the worst team in the league. They're oh one boy. of the worst against tight ends. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a want to stick it to the man kind of situation. Yeah, the the combination of them being bad against the run, which, like you said, that's going to put a lot of two tight end sets on the field, mm-hmm. and also being bad against tight ends and uh, coverage. Um, I think obviously, I think Belichick is a smart enough coach to to realize that and to find ways to exploit it. Uh, so I think I do think Hunter Henry's. If I had to pick a second tight end, he probably would have been my second pick because I think the looking at like the numbers and shit that that the Chargers are giving up, it's just it, it's it makes the most sense that he would have a good game if anybody's going to. So I I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that's kind of. Uh... I have another lock spinning through my head. I just don't know if I want to say it out loud yet because it'll sound not as smart if I speak it into existence. That's all right. We're not that smart anyway. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> what do we got for Pines here, me boy? Uh, speaking of teams that are good and or not good against tight ends, the Minnesota Vikings are one of the best teams in the league against tight ends. Um, well, not one of the best, but they're one of the better ones. Uh, so Dalton Schultz is going to be on my Pines this week um, for a couple reasons. Number one being, you know, the Vikings have, when it comes to tight ends, they have Eric Hendricks, who's a good, great coverage linebacker. He's probably yep. one of the better coverage linebackers in the league. I'd argue top three. And then they have Anthony Barr, who is also very capable in terms of coverage. He's, of what, breaking collarbones? Uh, well, that too, if Rodgers is on the field. The guy's a cheap ass. Um, I don't know if he's as cheap as the Titans defense. I think Titans he did defense. it on purpose. Oh, um, the, the one dude that ran seven whistles later and head-butted Josh Allen? Yeah. Or the guy that need Pat Mahomes in the head. Oh yeah, because he tried to do that. That buddy was falling into. He literally <laughs> fell into his knee. Um. Anyway, I I think you know if it's Kendricks or Barr covering uh, Schultz, I think he's going to struggle. He was never really known as a big time you know athlete. Yep. He's he's just gotten targets, which is where he's produced. So it's it's not like he's. You know, he's not Antonio Gates out there on the field. He's just he's getting targets and he's making the most of them. Uh, but if Dak also doesn't play, I'm not. I I don't feel like you do. I don't think that's, Dak's going to play. I think they're setting it up for him to not play. You think Dak's not going to play? I think. Well, did you hear what he said in the press conference a couple of days ago? Mm-mm. He said, uh, "It's not. It's. I think I'd be good if this is a playoff game. I'd be good to go. I'd be playing. But it's not my decision. And." I have to keep in mind that this is a marathon, not a sprint kind of thing. He's like, it's not about this week, which to me, if you read between the lines, sounds a lot like, yeah, I'm being told that I might not play just because they're being cautious. He better play. If he doesn't, I don't see how Schultz produces anything. Cooper Rush is a stud, dude. That's how. Is he the next Josh Allen? I said he was a stud, so no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is he the next Jalen Hurts? Maybe. <laughs> See, you're not getting go. me to bite on this See, one. Now, now you're thinking. The wheels are churning a little bit. Um, anyway, uh, uh, Dalton Schultz is on my pine list for Fair. for those reasons. I, Fair. It's a tough matchup as it is, and then if Dak doesn't play, it's, it just gets worse. Uh, so take him out of your lineups this week. Do yourself a favor. Um, my pine is Robert 
Gronkowski the third. Old Bob Gronk. Old Bob Gronk. Uh, playing New Orleans this week. Uh, for I guess I should preface this with any Tampa Bay tight end. If Gronk is out, I wouldn't start Howard or Brate, obviously. No, I wouldn't start either. either. But they're playing New Orleans. Like I said, I do think this is going to be a rough game for New Orleans, but I don't see them giving up a lot of points to the tight end. They haven't all year. They've given up 24 points all year to the tight end position. Yikes. So that's a little bit over three points a game. You don't love to see that. So I think that Brady's just the master of beating teams where they're weak. You're not going to focus on that situation as last, especially if Gronk doesn't play. But if Gronk does, I don't think that he's going to force him into bad situations where he's either double-covered, covered, or going to take a bad hit. And for that reason, I'm out on all the tight ends in Tampa Bay this week. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't argue that either. I, <clears throat> uh, Gronk is still hurt, too. He's banged up. So even if he does play, it's like how much – how much are they want to going right. to expose and him actually to? risk it? You know, it's a rib injury too, which is something that's like that's painful to fucking deal with. So even if he plays, it's like he's going to be playing with a significant amount of pain. So, um, who's your borderliner? Do you have more pines? No, I I have one borderline. So last name I need to bring up uh, CJ. Uzoma. You motherfucker! <laughs> How? Do you always take my picks? This dude always finds a way to score. I swear to God, he's the most irrelevant, relevant person I know. And this—that's exactly it's why he's on this list. Always him, and they're giving up eighty. Sorry, to, I'm kind of just stealing yours because he's my borderline too. But I'll no, let you fine. tangent. My one tangent that I want to say is they're giving up eighty points to the tight end. The Jets are, and Uzma or whatever, however he says, always finds a way to score in the most random situations. And I literally, it's just a gut feeling. I think that he's gonna score like twice. I think he just always scores in the most bizarre ways. I have him on the borderlines because he's been hot the last couple weeks, but oh, yeah. I think it's a Start complete fluke. And I'll tell you Start why. Start his ass. He's he's had two targets, three targets, and three targets in his last yeah, three games. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you, he just he's a touchdown vulture. And he scored three touchdowns mm-hmm. in the last two games Let's on go. three targets apiece. Like, Let's fucking, it, that guy's it, good. He is going to come crashing down nope. at some point. Um, his best game of the year outside of last week because of the fluke touchdown. He had a 55-yarder. He had six targets for five grabs and 95 yards. That is by far the most he's been targeted in a game. That's double the amount of targets he's had in a game outside of that one. How much can he produce on three targets a game? I don't I just don't see it. It might not happen this week, but he is going to come crashing down. All right, my lock of the week is CJ Uzuma scores a touchdown and 50 yards. All right, fuck you. Is it actually your lock or are we, are I'm, we I'm are we going seriously that? considering that. Okay. You can go with two this week since I did two last week if you want. If you had another <laughs> one in gotta mind, catch up. Um, I got roughed up on my locks last week. I was not even close. Shocker. Yeah. We went over this at length, though, in the last episode. <laughs> but mm, um, I'm rip, rip the bandit off. I'm at, yeah, I'm ready to go into the locks, actually, since we covered Uzoma. Yeah. I'm, um, and that's pretty much it for. So, who, what's, what's your. Uh, and borderlines. What's your You lock? can start since you have yours. All right. Um, my lock this week, and I've already mentioned Emmanuel Sanders. He is going to score more points than Stephon Diggs this week. Oh, we're doing safe locks now, since that's literally a stat already this year. Well, on a point-per-game <laughs> basis, yes. But like I said earlier, too, that some of that's skewed by having two games where he had two touchdowns in each. Um, outside of that, he hasn't scored in any other game. But I think this is going to be one of those games where he could do that again. I, I It's a good matchup for all the – the uh, Buffalo receivers, 
But I think, you know, Diggs is going to have to deal with Xavier Howard, most likely. And Sanders, I think, is going to just – I think he's going to eat. I think he's going to outscore Diggs. And he might even outscore him. I'll even go – he'll outscore him by five points in a half point. So there we go. Um, my lock of the week is that James Robinson goes for over 102 scores. In a Jacksonville win versus Seattle. Dang. All right. That I wouldn't have gone that far. <laughs> Being very specific. I'm. Well, I, I'm just not a fan. Like of that honestly. game has upset written all over it, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. I don't. I don't disagree with that take. I. I don't like Robinson just in general, but. Um, that's why these are well. We call them locks, but we yeah, call right. them locks because they're, they're but really, they're mostly reaches. We're, so. we're, yeah, <laughs> we should we should change the name of this piece to reach of the week. But yeah. um, well, with that being said, yeah, I, I think, think that that wraps up episode fourteen, right? Yep, yeah, 14? fourteen. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks once again for listening. Thank you very much. Brought to you by it. your uh, sponsors. Nobody yet, but we're getting there. So we're we got some in the works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, Alex said he's going to buy us t-shirts. So sick. But we have to say that he's the smartest person alive. He said he pays five dollars per episode if we said he's the smartest person alive. Okay. I said ten. Alec? Yeah. Or Alex Larson. Alec. Alec. Alec is the smartest person alive. All right. Do we get paid five listens. bucks for every time we say that? Or just per I episode? I think just per episode. So right. we'll we'll know he listened to the episode when we get a Venmo. All right. Let's uh we'll keep a running tally. So there, <laughs> there's one for the year. Um so yeah, easy five bucks. Are are we smarter for just stealing money from him? Does, yeah, does that make him stupid? I don't know. I, I didn't say it. Handing us money? No, thanks for that. Um, anyway, so yeah, Alec is the smartest person alive. And um, yeah, good luck this weekend. Hopefully your team stays healthy, unless I'm playing against you. Go um, Titans. They should win. They yeah. won't, but they should. Knock on wood. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? We lost to the Jets. Anything's possible. Yeah, and I forget who they're playing this week. Uh, the Colts. Oh yeah, that'll be a uh, at Indy. It's gonna be a, a rough. It's always it's game. always a rough game. Yeah, it's usually pretty close too. I'm not looking forward to it. It'll be a tight one. All right, well, peace, right. love, football, positivity. We will talk to y'all next week. Tell your friends you like them. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your family you love them. And tell your football team. They need to play better or you can't play fantasy football next year without it because you lost all your money. <laughs> well. Not if you listen to us, though. Yeah, I was going to say, just listen to us and you won't mm-hmm. worry about that. But All right. We're getting long-winded here. Yeah. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Goodbye. Peace.